Welcome back everyone. You've reached Manta Aquatics. This is Steven and Juan. Today's topic is our top five favorite fish. So we're going to start kind of the episode with a little bit of a tank update. Uh, we figured we would start this kind of on each episode just to let you as the audience kind of have an update on our, our tanks. Again, I have a 180 gallon and a 15 gallon and a uh, 30 gallon salt water and one's got about a five gallon correct me if I'm wrong a two gallon a beta tank I'm not sure how many gallons that is and a, uh, a salt tank that's the that's the big news today one has finally crossed the, the great divide yep I sure have I, I have crossed that divide there and I'm in a new realm now as he was saying you know, he's, he feels like a kid in a candy store so he's pretty excited we Ran all over town. Well, you wouldn't believe this. So we went to one of the local stores, and they ran out of salt water. They just straight ran out. Yeah, the one thing we went to the stores for and needed is salt water, and they were out. Um, so we had to go to another local store, and luckily they had salt water, but they did not have fresh water. So unlike the other store, you know, they, they did have that salt water. So we did get a get our our salt water there. Um, this is a twenty gallon long. Uh, so I, I, I thought that that was a good size uh, to get into the saltwater world for myself. So I got all the, I had all the rocks and the sand and it's currently going, uh, heater. So I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I know Steve's excited uh, just because he's been in, in, in his uh, salt aquarium a little longer than I have, about about a year now, right? Yeah, and the real reason I want, want to get a tank so we can kind of almost like cross-pollinate between different tanks. Um, so if I, you know, have an extra coral, I can give it to him. Or if maybe one's struggling, I can give it to him. And so maybe he his tank can do it, and I can do the same for him. Just kind of have a backup, too. Juan's actually running my old fish light, which he... So I'm not very mechanically inclined, but Juan over here is a, a genius. So it was mine was buzzing like a, you know, pretty bad little bumblebee. I couldn't even... I had it in my bedroom, so I couldn't sleep. So I bought a new light, gave the old one to him, and he was able to repair it, so... Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as calling me a genius, but I do like taking things apart and looking at them and seeing how they work and trying to see if I can fix it, which I think the light's running pretty well, so we'll see how it goes down down the line, though. Uh, but I know Steve, he's got a couple updates on his big 180 um, battling the, the devil Blackbeard. <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually finally winning the fight. So for two years, I've battled Blackbeard. Um, the final key to the treasure chest has been flourish excel i kind of resisted that a little bit because i had an experience with it in a 10 gallon i put it in there and it just completely just destroyed every plant just burn it up melt it back and it just gone um, so i was kind of hesitant to use it in my big tank but i feel like i got the dosage down and i'm uh, i'm really just spots kind of spraying each um, and then little by little it's uh it's kind of going away but i do want to share one big news um, so for all you youtubers are uh, out there so i was able to meet uh peck tech at the local fish store so that was kind of um cool for me i've i've kind of been i know he, he goes to our local fish stores so i kind of been on lookout for him for a while now so i got to talk with him um so i don't know if you guys have ever met not like a celebrity but someone like you met you kind of know online but trying to meet them in person it's definitely a kind of i never really have done that before so it was very a unique experience and it's honestly, it's kind of awkward because <laughs> like, I feel like I know this person a whole lot. Like I know, I know their name. I know their kid's name. Like I know their dog's name. 
which, you know, it makes you kind of feel kind of weird, um, to be honest with you. But, you know, after the initial kind of hiccup, I, <laughs> I, we were able to talk about um, Rachel Learley, kind of Corey. Um, and he said, you know, they, they're great people, some of his great friends. Um, and I actually, so I asked him, I was like, you know, which one's your favorite? Because, you know, I, I only see him through YouTube. So I was like, you know, and he's seen him in person. Like, which one's your favorite? And he's like, I just can't decide. There's like trying to pick between my best friends so which i really respect i thought that was a kind of a cool answer right yeah i know you've been trying to meet him for a while now and i thought that was that was a cool experience that you got to see him finally um you know out and about at, at, at our local fish store here he's but a I, lot taller than i expected he's like six two and i was one of the local fish store guys like yeah you kept trying to look up at him i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> needed a step stool but he, he was a really nice guy yeah that's cool I did want to ask you a question about your 180 and your yeah. Blackbeard battle there. How long do you say it's taking you to, ever since you used the, the Flourish Excel, so you saw a difference in the Blackbeard? Uh, I would say, so I kind of was lax about it. I dosed it for a little bit, and then I kind of just, you know, life happens, so you don't really do it. Um, but after I started dosing it, like, every other day, I'd say within the first week, I, the Siamese alligators were the first ones to kind of start taking bites out of it. So I, I saw probably within the first week some change. It's been about, what, a month or two now? And yeah. if you saw it now, like, I had a power head. You couldn't even see the power head. It was yeah. so covered in Blackbeard. Yeah, it just blended in with the, the back of your filter there. You couldn't even see what, what that was. And, and now there's, like, nothing on it. So I would say Anubius, my Anubius plant, and my Java fern are the only ones that still have it. And the Java Fern's doing better than the Anubis. Anubis seems like it takes a long time to get Blackbeard off of it. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad you're winning that battle. I know it was, it was very difficult for you there, and you had given up several times. <laughs> <laughs> there was talks of... Uh, Turn into a frog tank. <laughs> yep. Endangered frogs, lizards. It, yeah. it was... Uh, I was definitely going south very yeah. quickly. No kidding. I, I told one, I was like, I'm thinking about getting into dart frogs. It's turning into 180 to a dart frog thing just because there's no Blackbeard and uh, terrariums. Yeah, so that was very interesting. So I guess I'll give my, my updates, my couple updates. Like he mentioned, I do have a couple. I'm more of a nano tank guy, so I do have a 1.5 gallon. Uh, it's currently housing mystery snails and uh, some bladder snails and ram's horn snails that I'm trying to breed. It's got uh, a few more pond snails now. Yes, uh, I'm trying to get more pond snails just for my, my puffer because uh, he is a picky eater. And then I do have a baby hillstream loach in there just so he can grow out. Uh, I have a beta tank for my daughter that is a three gallon. Then I have my 10 complete gallon. Complete with castle. Yes, it is complete with castle. And that's doing good. And then my 10 gallon, it's doing pretty good. I'm currently trying to get a hold of some hair algae, uh, the location where my tank is. Towards the evening, the sun will come in through. Uh, the windows and actually hit directly at the tank so i'm trying to figure that out right now um, i'm trying to get a hold of that before it gets any, any worse than what it is now but the big update for me is is getting this saltwater tank which i'm currently looking at right now and i just it's just i'm just amazed by it so i'm just really excited to get into it and all of its adventures it's going to bring me here but yeah that that's that's my big update there yeah i'm definitely uh excited for juan and his saltwater adventures i was kind of cursing him a little bit before the, the skits and I said, you know, that, that, I can't wait to see all the hair algae and fermented snails and adaptation of the tank. <laughs> uh, he didn't take that so well. Yeah, he was casting evil upon my <laughs> tank already and it had, didn't even have water in it. He comes over here a lot to record, so 
uh, I'm definitely excited to see the progress of this tank just as much as he is. So. All right, well, let's uh, jump to uh, today's topic. Again, we're kind of go back and forth on our top five favorite fish, but throughout this, we're going to kind of probably interrupt each other and just kind of give our feedbacks as well. So I think I'll probably just go, go ahead and go first. So my f- number one favorite fish is a denison barb, which is kind of like a torpedo-shaped fish. It's very beautiful in the fact that it has a red mark right on its eyes and a black bar kind of going through it. The main thing I like about the denison barbs is they're super peaceful. They can go anything with a nano fish all the way up to like a semi-aggressive fish, which is, you know, it's kind of a rare thing. Um, the only con I would say about them is uh, their, their price, like I said. Sometimes the best price I've seen is $13. The most expensive I've seen is $35, which is like getting after the saltwater fish prices. So what do you think about them, Juan? Yeah, I do like them. Uh, I know you have a couple in your tank, your 180. But yeah, definitely the price is, is what's going to be... I guess the most common topic here for some of these fish we have on our list here, uh, definitely the COVID uh, really hit hard on prices, at least here locally, I would assume, you know, nationwide as well. So, so here's a big question. If you had a 75 gallon in your wildest dreams, would you keep it or would you keep a different schooling fish? I would add them in there. Probably not as big of a school. I'd probably honestly go uh, with the... Um, Probably like your rainbows, your Basmani rainbows. Which we'll, we'll probably hit on them a little bit later. Right. All right, Juan, what's your number one? All right, so my number one's the Hillstream Loach, uh, which both me and Steven actually currently have. Like I mentioned earlier, I do have a baby Hillstream living in my 1.5 gallon right now. Uh, but in my 10 gallon, I do have a full-grown adult. And he's a very peaceful fish. You can keep them in the school. I know Steve's got a pretty big school in his 180. They're good algae eaters. They, I absolutely love their look. Um, they have this manta ray look to them, and their coloration is, is just amazing. We actually named our podcast after these Hillstream loach, even though, you know, it's not Hillstream Aquatics, you know. They just remind us of, of manta rays, so we just decided to go with the manta aquatics uh, theme there. But yeah, they, they're amazing. Like I mentioned earlier, price is what's more of a con for these fish. Which now. is really the reason why we started breeding them. That's yeah, that's right. That's one of the reasons why we are currently in the process of, of learning and trying to breed these fish uh, more because here locally, these fish uh, last year around March they were about like twelve, maybe even less than that. But now they're running twenty four to thirty dollars uh, per fish, uh, which is pretty crazy because it is getting towards that saltwater range, and um, that's not really. We're not trying to play saltwater fish prices for freshwater fish right yeah it is an amazing fish like i said they, they do great with al- eating algae um they're very peaceful but those prices are, are just pretty crazy in, in my opinion yeah so i mean this is definitely one of my top as well in my mind like i think i said in the last episode um, this is my the only perfect fish um that i that is in the hobby just because of the range of the fish that you can keep with it, it fulfills a purpose it eats algae so it's really an awesome fish. All right, so what's your number two there? Number two. Um, so my number two is going to be an angelfish. Um, that's probably not a huge shocker for one. So I currently have nine angelfish in my 180 gallon. So I didn't plan for this, but right now I have like two of each color morph. I have uh, golden angels. I have marbled angels. I have black angels and uh, white angels and two koi angels. So the only one that's not a two is a, my white one. So. <laughs> I keep 
talking and I was like, maybe I should just get a white one, just kind of even it out. So we'll see in the future how that goes. But the reason why I picked angelfish, um, kind of so almost like my main display fish after kind of denison barb is because the tank is so big, you kind of need a big show fish, but I didn't want one that's like super aggressive. Like I thought about severums, but kind of aggressive. I thought about kind of, there's not really like a big fish, like geo, geophagus is kind of another one. And I do have sand, but they just get so big. They get like eight, nine inches. So it's, an angel fish gets tall, but not real long. So I was okay with kind of having a long fish. But I would think, say an angelfish is probably my uh, my number two there. Did you ever think of discus for that, for your displays? Yeah, uh, so I didn't really have a good luck with uh, the high temperature fish. Because I, as you know, I've kept rams. Well, kept is kind of the, the figurative word there. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, so I had... Uh, I didn't have much luck with rams. I feel I felt like discus were kind of the same category as rams. They're kind of finicky, need high temperatures, and I kind of run my temperature a little colder, uh, about seventy five degrees, and I didn't feel like a discus. And the prices are just astronomical right here. I've seen one discus for thirty dollars here, and the, one of our local fish stores was selling adults for one hundred and thirty dollars. So that's a that's, yeah, those prices are, are crazy that's, too. That's a hard pill to swallow. Right. All right, Juan, what's your uh, number two? All right, so my number two is going to have to be a pea puffer. Uh, so that is actually my uh, one of my first fish that I got in the freshwater hobby. I went to one of my local stores here, and they had a whole bunch in a tank, and I just fell in love with just how cute and how tiny these, these puffer fish were. I, I honestly didn't know they could get that small. They are obviously not a peaceful fish. Well, I guess they can be, but... Typically, they, they like to bite at, you know, fins of other fish. They will usually always go for your shrimp, you know, your neocaridinas, your amanos. Um, but your, yours are named Princess and Unicorn. You wouldn't think these would be murderous. Right, yeah. You would think, oh, man, these these are, you know, royal fish. Um, yeah, my, my daughter ended up, you know, naming my pea puffers, uh, which currently I only have Princess. We lost um, Unicorn. But yeah, they, they are, you know, if you're keeping two, I'd say having them in a very heavy planted tank uh, is best. So that way, you know, they're not in sight of each other and, you know, going after each other and, and trying to nip at each other. They are, I would say they're picky eaters. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I am currently trying to get a colony of bladder snails and ramsworm snails uh, from my dealer here, uh, Stephen. <laughs> That is that's the real reason why Juan lets me come over so much because my 180 gallon is basically a snail factory for his pea puffer. Right. Yeah. Because at first, when I first got them, you know, they were eating uh, bloodworms and they weren't really eating the snails. And then as soon as I introduced more into the tank, uh, then that was it. They they he wasn't taking any any more uh, bloodworms, and even now he still won't. Um, so I'm steady trying to get that that snail colony going, but thankfully I got Steve here who's got a whole bunch in his 180. Uh, and I guess, uh, yeah, like I said, I like their, their personality. He's like a water dog, I always tell Steve here, because I'll go up to the tank and he'll come out from wherever he's at and he'll, he'll come and greet me and say hi. And then as I go around the tank checking up on all, all the other fish, he'll just swim alongside and just stare at me, you know, trying to say trying to let me give him some more snails so he can eat. And if you know, like, Murphy from uh, Aquarium Co-op, you know, he always says puffers are, you know, they can definitely recognize their owners. 
Um, and they can. Corey said Murphy has got really good vision outside the tank, like thirty feet. And I can definitely tell the pee puffer. You know, when he sees Juan or even you know anybody standing and watching, he's definitely kind of looking at you, seeing what you're doing. So very inquisitive fish. Yeah, yeah, they're really cool. I know. I like when he's like just sitting there staring at, staring around out out of his tank, and I'm just like, man, I bet he's like, this is a big world out there. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely do love the pee puffer, um, and that'd be my number two there. All right, well, I'm going to do, I guess, my number three. So my number three was actually originally going to be hill streams, like, just like one. Uh, so I'm going to st- uh, substitute a stipidon goby, which is kind of pretty much a, a very similar fish to a hill stream. Uh, it's a black fish with a blue stripe down the center on both sides. And it's very similar to, if you've ever seen the, the movie How to Train Your Dragon, it's really, it looks kind of like Toothless. So if your kid's kind of into that, that could be a good fish for you. Do you remember the stiffing on Gobi one? Yeah, I love the way uh, that that Gobi looks. It's, it's pretty awesome. I like that blue that blue stripe he's got on both both sides. Man, it's cool. And if you see them in stores, they don't really have that uh, coloration, so you might take might take a little bit for them to come into that color. Right. Uh, they were kind of brown or maybe like a gray in in the store. Yeah, they're more of a gray in the store, but I think they also had the uh, some different type of substrate in there. Yeah. So definitely keep them on dark dark substrate. And uh, they're kind of a, an algae eater, too, so you, you want more of an established tank. Um, one note, uh, don't keep them with angels because angelfish will kind of pick at them, which is unfortunately I lost, that's how I lost mine. So, you know, uh, keep them with a little more peaceful fish. Yeah, I did, I did like that goby. I even considered it, but um, unfortunately I never saw that goby again in the store, so <laughs> I can never get it again. So my three is going to be the auto sinkless catfish. Now these guys... They're not the hardiest fish. I had a school of three, and out of the three, I only have one left. And I know Steve here had a school of six, and uh, now he currently only has one. Which, you know, I think the strange thing about that is I got six of them at the same time, and one of them has survived everything I could throw at him and still is alive. The other one, you know, just didn't make it. So it, it always makes you question, you know, yourself as a fish keeper. You know, you're like, why does this one fish make it? The other one's don't make it so you you know those questions are kind of tough sometimes on yeah yeah and i knew going in the auto sinkless weren't as hardy but you know i wanted to give myself that challenge just because i really like the way uh these autos look their eyes again i guess i guess i like the way fish in general you know look especially the ones i have so i definitely wanted to give it a go and they they are algae eaters so that's another big thing that i was looking for too because you know i do have the hill stream that eats eats the algae but i also wanted someone else in there to give them keep them some company too they have you know a slimmer body and i say he's got like a big head with big eyes (laughs) Because <laughs> it, it kind of does look like he does have a big head, and then his body just kind of sl- slims down as you get closer to his tail. But they, they also can be kind of skittish. I know when I first introduced mine, uh, they were like forever hiding, and I was always searching around the whole tank. And mind you, it's a 10 gallon, so there's not that much room they, they could hide, but. But you'd be surprised in a very heavily planted tank, you know, you, you can't find these guys. But now he comes out more towards the evening time and he, he lets me look at him and, and check up on him. So I, I do like I like that, but they, they can become pretty skittish. Yeah, my only problem with them, like in a bigger tank, like in a 180, they just disappear. They're just gone, and which that's kind of a problem with a lot of the smaller fish in that big of a tank. You just don't see them, which is kind of why Juan's got like kind of a lot of smaller fish, but I have a lot of bigger fish, and just because like just a bigger tank, you, they just 
they're just gone. Yeah, yeah. I know yours uh, tends to hide close to the the intake, and you can't really see him when he's he matches. Actually, he's actually changed now. He's over at the powerhead now. Oh, really? Yeah, he uh, the Hilshim loaches evicted him, and now he's hanging out at the powerhead. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, that's that sucks. <laughs> that's he's a loner. Yeah. So my number four, um, Juan kind of pointed out earlier, so it's gonna be the Bosemani Rainbow Fish. Um, I've actually had a couple of rainbow fish. I had a uh, Sudamogil, which is kind of like a nano fish. It's got blue eyes, but the Bozmani, much bigger fish. Basically the same size as Denison Barb, you know, four or five inches, easy. Very pretty. It's kind of like half blue, black, half yellow, orange. They kind of vary between on who you get them from. The only thing I would say about these guys is the females, definitely um, breeders out there, <laughs> please uh, cut up the females a little bit because uh, they definitely could use some. But the males, they, I mean, they're very few fish that are that colorful have you seen them yet like i have not seen them ever since you put them in your tank um i've been wanting to i know you keep talking about their coloration and how well they look in your tank and and i just haven't had a chance to go out there and look at them but um i know when we saw them at the store they their colors look really great and um they weren't they weren't bad since they they were in that um what was it like a fifteen gallon full? Yeah, yeah. One thing about it, they they flash, which is I thought was kind of cool. Like they'll be swimming along and they just kind of like pop, and their fins will pop up real quick. Oh wow! And uh, I think that's kind of a, a cool um, thing. And they also they school denizens, which I thought was kind of a a neat like not I didn't know that going into it, but right. And unless you have denizens and Bo's body, you probably wouldn't find out. But yes, they will kind of school together. So oh, that's cool. Uh, it makes it like a big like a massive school. Oh, there, it does. You know? Yeah, it's. Uh, it's, you know, you see the angelfish school, and you see like the hill streams and or the denizens and the rainbowfish school together. So it's it, it's kind of a it's a neat tank. Yeah, yeah, I definitely got to go out there and check that out. I do want to see these um, these rainbows and their and their colors you keep telling me about. All right, so I'm gonna go on to my number four, and that's gonna be the pygmy cory. Got a school of six um, down to five now, and they all seem seem to be doing pretty good in my tank. The they are in my ten gallon, uh, just because they are pygmy cory, so they are smaller. They are very peaceful. Uh, I do like how they they seem to pair off in my tank for some reason. I'm not sure if that's how they usually are in other tanks. You know, when I was researching, they kind of seem to school together. Uh, but these guys here, they seem to just pair off uh, with one another, which which I don't mind because I can still see them. You know, every now and then. Uh, like I said, they are a, pe- a peaceful fish. Uh, the one downside, I guess I'd say, is they don't eat algae for being you know, a bottom dweller, which I guess, you know. Well, I, th- I think their purpose is not really algae. It's more just like leftover food. It's kind of like their domain. Right, yeah, I guess for being a cat, uh, type of catfish. But my, and my funniest thing with, with his uh, uh, quarries was one time I came over, that he has one rock in the middle of it, and all like five or six of them were like sitting around in a circle, it looked to me like they're having some kind of catfish meeting. Yeah, yeah, they do do that. They, I have this one rock, and they they seem to they seem to always go and sit on it there early in the morning, as if to have a, a you know an early morning powwow or something, which is pretty funny. But I didn't I didn't really plan on getting these these uh, pygmies until I went to Steven's house, and his mom had a couple of them in her tanks, and I, I just fell in love with the way they look, you know. They just look so cute, and I was—I just had to have some, and I just absolutely love them. I love seeing them when they're in a tank, and they're out up front, which I'm still trying to get a picture of, a good picture of them. But you know that—that I'll—I'll get them soon. Yeah, like and that's a problem with like like I said again, a big tank. Like if I put pygmy cores in my tank, I have to put like a thousand before you even notice. Yeah, them. you wouldn't be able. You just be—it'd be like ants. <laughs> you, you'd just be seeing the the substrate move. 
But I do have uh, panda quarries in my tank, which are a little bit bigger. Corydora. I actually wanted stir by quarries, but I got outvoted by my family. They wanted pandas. So I end up with pandas, which have now bred. So um, <laughs> one funny thing about the pandas, though, my uh, my mom just uh, decided. She... So I have like a thousand pandas going on in my tank now, but she loves the baby. So she made me go to the store and buy baby pandas. So <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun conversation there. Yeah. Uh, Steve breeding them and his mom wanting them from a store. That was that was definitely funny there. We ended up, I think they spent like, you know, $40 on a fish I can get for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So for those of you who have uh, spouses and stuff out there, I, you know, let us know if you can feel your pain. Okay. So what's your number five? All right, my number five is going to be the Gold Ring Daniel or the Teeny Weeny, which is the funniest name ever. So Teeny Weeny is actually kind of it takes it's from their Latin name, uh, which I'm not going to try to pronounce. But the first part is Teeny Weeny. This is actually a nano fish. So the story behind this is I wanted all the fish to go in one tank, but I thought I could put the Teeny Weenies in my 15 gallon fluval and kind of grow them out so the angels yeah. wouldn't eat them. Right. I was very wrong. That was the wrong choice because. <laughs> I didn't know teeny weenies, which you would think in the name, are that small or stay that small. I thought they were like, you know, regular Danios. I got a little bit bigger, but no. So I put them, I did grow them out a little bit, and I put them with the angels, see kind of what they would do. And after one got, you know, snatched and eaten, I felt that was a bad choice. Right, <laughs> so, yeah. So they've been in my 15-gallon, um, living happily, which I've, I don't know if I told you or not, but they, I turned that into my Hillstream uh, breeding tank officially. If anybody's ever tried to catch a hillstream loach in a hundred or you know big tank, it's very challenging. Yeah, I know. You ended up calling me a couple of days ago, you know, telling me about how you were having such difficulty trying to catch just one in your one eighty. It, it was just the funniest thing to see. <laughs> After I think it was two hours, I caught one, one hillstream loach, and I put it in there with the teeny weenies, kind of. So. Hopefully the teeny weenies just act as a dither fish and don't be or not eat my uh, hillstream loach babies. So if that becomes a problem, I'll relocate them. But for now, it's going to be a hillstream loach and a teeny weenie tank. That's awesome. Yeah. So my actual my my last one is a, a danio as well. Uh, the celestial pearl danios. Now they are a, a very peaceful fish as well, and, and they they school pretty pretty good. I, I like the way they look as well. They they remind me of trout. Every time I show them to someone or, or mention them to someone, I'm just like, imagine a trout but smaller. Um, and that's what they look like. the The one downside I would say about them is is the price though. They they have gone up ever since you know the the whole Corona um, here locally. They they were going for about six to seven dollars before all this hit, and it's not a, a huge difference. But if you're trying to get a school six, you know, if they're going for twelve to fourteen dollars a pop, that does kind of add up there. That's gonna add up real quick. Yeah, and and like I said, they they're a schooling fish, so you would want to get a minimum of six of them. So yeah, going going and getting six for twelve, yeah, it's not it's not a good price, at least not for me. <laughs> you know, when I, I'm trying to set up a saltwater tank here at home <laughs> at the same time. Yes, at the same time. Um, so yeah, I haven't had much luck in, in getting getting Danios. I know our local store here actually had some uh, last weekend, uh, but they were a bit smaller, and I wasn't trying to get them that small. The Danios are, are are on my list to get, which I'll get to here soon. You know, after after maybe another couple couple weeks or maybe even a month, let the let the wife calm down with the, <laughs> with the whole saltwater tank. Yeah, we, uh, I was giving Wada a hard time because I, I told him the hardest part about getting a saltwater tank is getting the rocks. 
So if you know, if you've ever got a saltwater tank and have to go out and buy those, uh, they're carob sea rocks. But you know, as a if you if you were a non hobbyist, all they would be was these purple rocks. <laughs> right. <laughs> With, yeah, just purple rocks sitting in in a in a box. And they're expensive. I've, you know, the cheapest we have here we about four dollars a pound, and the most expensive I think is like six or seven dollars. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a, can get pretty high. So. Um, I think I ended up spending about $90 on $80, dollars on my rocks, which honestly, I told Juan before he bought his, that's the longest walk of your life is to buy a box of rocks and take it to the cash register. Yeah. Steve really enjoyed that. He, 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 he snatched a, a photo too. So yeah. I'm sure we'll post that on our Instagram there as well. But yeah, um, that, that right there is going to be our, our top five, you know, favorite freshwater fish. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? No, just thank everybody for if you've made it this far, and we uh, look forward to bringing you guys many more videos, and ho- hope you en- enjoy hearing about our stories, and uh, you know, again, thank you for, for listening. Yep, hope to see you guys later.